morning, church. Trust that you're having a blessed week. Today, we are going to continue in our series of messages titled, Faith for a Great Future. And specifically, we're going to be looking at the wisdom of God again and the blessing it is in our lives. And we may look at this over the next few weeks. We'll see how far we get. But uh, Faye preached a tremendous message last week from Acts chapter 27. And it's an amazing story about Paul who was on his way to Rome. He was sailing there and he was under arrest with other prisoners. There were 276 sailors and prisoners on that ship. Now in the course of their journey, that ship underwent a terrific storm. They labored for 14 days and 14 nights. Talk about a trial. Talk about a test. Talk about a crisis in the middle of the sea, in the middle of an ocean, not knowing what to do or what's going to happen. And yet in the midst of that darkness, an angel visited Paul and gave him the word of the Lord that nobody was going to lose their life. But they had to do it God's way. They had to apply God's word wisely for everybody to come out of that storm and out of that crisis alive. Paul spoke the word, administered that word wisely, and even though that ship broke apart and was wrecked, they all got onto the island of Malta safely, and the testimony of Christ through Paul was powerful. He even ministered to those on the island of Malta, and through that testing time, do you know what? He was victorious. It was an amazing message and a great picture for us to understand that in the tests of life, in the difficulties that we go through, in the storms that we face, and even in the shipwrecks of our lives, do you know what? There is a word of wisdom for us to take us through, to, to get us to the place where God wants us to be. Paul did get to Rome. Paul did get to that final destination that God had spoken to him about. But it wasn't without trials. It wasn't without tests. It wasn't without its shipwrecks along the way. Do you know what? You are going to make it. You are going to enter into everything that God's promised for you, but sometimes the process that we have to go through in order to get to the places that God has promised can be difficult. What do we need in the midst of trying times? What do we need when things are hard and pressing and difficult? We need the Word of God and the wisdom of God to apply it. Now, over recent weeks, we've been looking at the letter of James and other scriptures as well. But James chapter 1 is really an encouraging message to all of us. James's guidance and straight down the line advice helps us negotiate all of the trials and the tests that we go through. James encourages us and invites us to ask for God's wisdom to enable us to negotiate all of the hurdles. And boy, are there some hurdles in life. 
to negotiate all of those hurdles, all of those ditches, to negotiate them well and to go on through. God has wisdom for you. God has a word for you and I to apply wisely to our lives so that we can go forward into the future that he has planned for us. I love this this letter of James because, you know, James doesn't have a doom and gloom picture about the future. James doesn't have a doom and gloom picture about the future or about the problems that we face. If we were to create a headline for the first chapter of James, it might be how to grow wealthy through adversity. Very often, you know, when we look at adversity, when we look at difficulty and trying times as they come down on our lives, as we fall headlong into them, we can think, do you know what? All of the things of value are being stripped from me. All of the things that I've attained and all of the things that I'm trying to hold on to, it seems as if this trouble and trial are taking away. But James says, no, do you know what? Your adversity can bring you great wealth. Your adversity can bring you great reward. James never looks at life with a doom and gloom attitude. He never pictures our future, you know, in in a fatalistic way. No, James has great hope. James has great faith. James is positive in his message, encouraging in his admonition. He says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Why? Because we can access wisdom. Because there's ready resource for every crisis that meets us. And there's a word from God. And even the most acute, the, the most acute troubles that we face can bring rich dividends as we do it God's way. As we go through them in the way that God wants us to go through. James tells us. How to turn every test into a glorious testimony. This is what the Christian life is all about. Turning those tests into triumph. Turning every test and difficulty of life into a wonderful testimony for Jesus. This man, when you read his letter, isn't living in some kind of fantasy world where nothing bad ever happens. No, there's pressure all around him. There's pressure all around the people who he is writing to. No, James isn't living in a fantasy world. James isn't burying his head in the sand as if the realities of life don't exist. No, this man is, has his feet on the ground and he sees the reality that everybody is pressured with. But in the midst of all of that hard reality and harsh reality of life, James says, listen, we've got to access the word of God. We've got to access the wisdom of God to apply that word to life so that we can come on through and be victorious. It's a wonderful, wonderful letter and message of hope to all of us. Now, when you read this opening chapter, you begin to see that James understood that our faith, when tested, more often than not, doesn't have 
all of the answers to get us through the problems that we face. You know, sometimes when we go through a difficult time, we, we hit a wall. We draw a blank and we don't know what to do. And our faith doesn't have the answers. Our faith doesn't have the necessary means within it to get us through the complex situations sometimes that we face. James addresses that. James understands that faith alone can't get us through some of the problems that we face. Now, that's not to undervalue faith. That's not to diminish faith. But he's saying, listen, your faith alone won't get you through. You need to access something else. And that is God's word. That is God's wisdom. That's what you need. So he gives this amazing invitation in verse 5. And we're going to read it in a moment. This open invitation to God's wisdom. And it's for anyone. And it's for everyone. God is not stingy. God doesn't hold back his wisdom. God doesn't have a select crowd, a select few that he gives access to his secrets to be successful in life. No, James says, listen, the invitation is to anybody and everybody. Let's read this invitation. James chapter 1, verse 5 through to verse 8 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Do you know what? I love that assurance. I really do. I really love that confidence that he has. It will be given to you. There's no doubt. There's no question. There's no argument over this coming about. If you ask it will be given to you. It's wonderful. And we've got to believe that in its simplicity and in its essence and in its message to us. Then verse 6, he says, now this is the condition and it's an important condition and an important requirement. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea and driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful invitation that James gives us on God's behalf. This is God speaking now through James. And he's saying, listen, I understand that you're going to hit a wall, even with your faith. I understand that your faith will be able to take you so far, but there are complexities in life that your faith has no answers for. It's in that moment that you're going you're gonna to sense a great lack. You're going to sense an overwhelming need within yourself. But God doesn't want to leave us pray to our needs. God doesn't want to leave us vulnerable and empty. No, God says, listen, I'm inviting you when you hit a wall, when your faith doesn't have the necessary means to get beyond the crisis that you're in, I am going to give you access and an invitation to receive my wisdom. The one thing you've got to do is 
Ask. Ask. It's simple. And it is as simple as that. Can it be that easy? Can it be that simple? Yes. We've just got to believe it in its essence. We've got to believe God's word. When he says ask, you've simply got to ask and you will receive what you've asked for more than what you've asked for. God abundantly showers. God abundantly provides for all of the lack that we experience. But the condition is that we've got to ask with a believing heart. We've got to ask with an expectation to receive from God. We've got to, we've got to really focus our trust in him and believe that we are going to receive when we ask for this wisdom, for this word from him. We can't be double-minded. It's really important. You know, we can't stand between two opinions. And maybe I'll get into this a little bit next week. We can't stand, you know, with, with the advice of the world on one hand that we're, 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 we're toying with and the, the advice of God's word and the wisdom of God's word that stands forever on the other hand. And we're vacillating between two decisions. Well, maybe I'll mix it together. No, it doesn't work if we mix it together. The wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. No, we have to go with the wisdom of God. We don't want to be unstable. We don't want to vacillate between two opinions. We want to go with God's wisdom. When he speaks it, we want to hear it, obey it, and fulfill it so that we can receive the blessings that God has for us at the end of it. So the first decision, the first wise decision that all of us have got to make really is to ask. That's the wisest decision that you and I can decide to make. Ask. Ask that little word stands between our problems and the answers that we seek. Ask is that little bridge that bridges from our lack over into God's abundance, over into the storehouse of God's wisdom that can never fail. Ask is the provision and the solution for the crisis that we need victory in, that we can't solve alone. That one little word stands between our lack and our deficiency and the sufficiency of God's blessing and abundance that he wants to give us. Ask this little word that we are directed to do stands between our confusion and the clarity that we need to live our lives. The wisest decision that you and I can make today, and not only today, for the rest of our lives, when we are in a testing time and our faith doesn't have the necessary means to go on beyond the wall that we hit, the most wisest decision that we can make is to ask for God's wisdom and receive it in all of its fullness. It is that simple. It really is. To anyone that will ask you will receive. This is the message that James speaks. You know, years ago, Faye and I went to a place called Leeds Castle that's in 
Kent, and it's situated, this castle is situated in amazing grounds, and it was a hot, sunny day, and I can remember going to this castle, and we were just really enjoying the day, and then we came upon this maze that had been built in Leeds Castle, and it was a real complex maze, but when we went into it, I remember thinking, oh, do you know what? We can do this. This is easy. This is going to be, you know, a, a piece of cake. We're going to get through this. And I strode in there, you know, proud as punch, ready to tackle this and ready to show Faye how I could resolve the problem of this maze and just come through in one hit. Well, do you know what? We went into that maze and an hour later, we were in complete confusion. Let let me put a picture up on the screen for you just to see the, the maze at Leeds Castle that we went into. We were in the middle of this thing. We were walking around in circles, scratching our head, not knowing what to do. And it was a hot day. The sun was on our heads. I was, by the end of it, I was huffing and puffing and, you know, oh man, cursing this thing under my breath because we were lost and we didn't know what to do. And soon, you know, early on in into this, into this labyrinth of, of corridors, hedgerows, we were just hopelessly lost and not knowing what to do or where to go. And then I looked down on the path and there was a little sign and the little sign said this, if lost, look up and ask for help. I looked at it again and I said to Faye, hey Faye, look at that little sign. If lost, look up and ask for help. Well, we hadn't noticed when we went into the maze that there was a man sitting on a chair, elevated over the whole network of maze corridors that were around us. And he was just waiting to intervene, waiting to give guidance. But all of the time that we were there, he just silently observed us. He did not interrupt us. He did not intervene. He was just waiting to when we came to the end of ourselves, when we couldn't go any further, when we could acknowledge that we were lost and cry out for help, ask for his guidance, and then, and only then, would he intervene and give direction. So I remember it was really quiet around us, and you know, I was a bit embarrassed, to be honest, to break the silence. But I just raised my voice up and said to that man who was elevated above the maze, I said, excuse me, we seem to be lost. And he smiled and he said, yeah, it happens to a lot of people around here. And I chuckled and he chuckled and I said, oh, would you be able to help us please? Would you be able to guide us through this maze? And he responded, of course, that is why I am here. And then he just gave us a few simple instructions that were contrary to the actions we had taken. His instructions were completely contrary to the direction that we had taken. And in our minds, 
Our minds and our thoughts were at conflict with his advice. But he said, you need to go down here and turn left there. You know, within a minute, within a minute, possibly under a minute, we were out of the maze. It was incredible. But if we had not have acknowledged that we were lost, if we had not have acknowledged that we were in need of outside help from an elevated person in a position that had a bird's eye view of the problem, the crisis, you know, we'd probably still be there now because it was so, so confusing. But within a minute of asking for help, And not only asking for help, but obeying the instructions and the guidance that was given, we got out. You know, it's a simple illustration. It's a a really simple story and apparent really to what we're talking about this morning. Because very often when we go through life, we can hit a wall. We can be in like maze-like conditions. Circumstances that can come in our lives can be complex. And it, you know, you can be going this way and that way and the other way. And you can just be confused. And, and you can have your, your eyes around in all of the wrong places, reaching all of the wrong conclusions in your mind. And you're just going around in circles. Then you maybe realize you see that little sign on the floor. If lost, look up. Ask for help. You know, maybe that's a word for some of us today. We feel lost in life. We feel lost in the circumstances that are crowding in. These trials that are coming in various ways from all different angles are covering us and and it seems as if we're sinking and the maze of life is complex. Do you know what we need to do in those maze-like conditions that we face, in those confusing moments that we undergo, that we all undergo? We need to look up. We need to acknowledge that we're lost, that we need help, that we are in lack, just like James says, When we're in lack, when we don't have the necessary means to go on and to get through and to take the right route, that's when you've got to look up and ask for help. Ask for God's wisdom. God has an overview of our problem. God has an overview, an elevated position of the maze-like conditions that we are in sometimes. And it's his wisdom, it's his direction that he gives in abundance. And just like that man directed us through the complexity of that maze, God God's word and God's wisdom, if we will believe it and obey it and follow it, will direct us through all of the complexities of life. And we will be amazed. I know, we will be amazed at how we can get through difficult times and a crisis quickly and easily if we will apply God's word and God's wisdom to our lives. It's so important. You know, just like that man wouldn't interrupt our, our, our walk through that maze, 
He wouldn't intervene until we asked him. It's like that with God. God isn't going to interrupt our lives. Sometimes he does. You know, sometimes he just steps on in. But more often than not, God will wait for us to ask. That's why asking is so important. And I really want to press this home this morning. I really want to emphasize this one word for us in this season. Ask, church. Ask is the bridge into God's wisdom. Ask is the bridge into God's abundance, into God's resource, into God's direction through all of the complexities. And until we ask, God's not going to jump on in. God's not going to intervene. God's not going to interrupt sometimes our stubborn ways. God's not going to intervene our disobedient actions. No, God waits. He waits for us to acknowledge that we need him. It's important. He waits for for us to acknowledge that we are going to depend on him, to call him in. But when we do ask, he doesn't back off. You know, what if that man in that maze had turned around And said to us, well, you know, I'm not sure if I want to tell you how to get out. I'm being entertained by your confusion. I'm being entertained by the fact that you're lost. I'm being entertained by the fact that you can't get through. No, that man wasn't entertained by the fact that we were trying to get through that that maze. And we didn't know what we were doing and running around in circles. No, that man was there. His whole purpose was there to help people get through the maze. He really did find pleasure in giving people the answers. God doesn't get entertained by our confusion in a crisis. God does not get entertained by, you know, us pulling our hair out over a situation that we don't have answers for. No, God wants us to access his wisdom, but we do have to acknowledge that we lost and we have to ask. We have to humble ourselves. It was a bit humbling, you know, to break silence and to say, please, I need help. And sometimes it is humbling for us to acknowledge that we don't have the necessary means to get through some of the things that we thought we would get through. But, oh, we can access God's wisdom if we ask. You know, the children of Israel wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. They were in a maze-like situation. Now, the journey from the Red Sea through which they crossed into Canaan land was but a few weeks They could have been in the promised land within a few months possibly because there was two million of them. They could have possibly been in the promised land that God wanted to take them to within a few months. Instead, now this is incredible, but instead they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Imagine that. In circles. Why? Because, very simply, because they didn't ask for God's wisdom. They didn't apply his word for their lives. Instead, they became suspicious about God's intentions 
for their lives, even though God wanted to bless them. They continually retorted to God, you've brought us out here to die in the wilderness. We would have been better in Egypt under the, under the harsh regime of the slaves, uh, uh, the slave masters. And anyway, we had garlic and onions in Egypt. I mean, you know, it was a pitiful condition that they were in. And they chose to rebel against God. They chose to exclude God from their lives. And even though God was kind and God was tender and gracious to them, they wandered around in that wilderness maze for 40 years. And ultimately, many of them died in that maze, God was on the outside waiting to lead them through. God was on the outside waiting to be invited in to direct them and guide them. And he did. But every direction that he gave, they just rebelled against. And it's a real important message for us to understand. We never want to spurn God's advice. We never want to go against, you know, the, the, the wisdom that God brings. We really don't. Listen to what the writer to the Hebrews tells us about that first passage that the children of Israel made through the wilderness and why many of them died in that maze. Hebrews Chapter 4, verse 2, he says this, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. He's talking about Israel. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Imagine that. God was giving direction. God was giving instruction continually for their benefit, for their future, to get them into the promised land, into that place, that land of, that was flowing with milk and honey, that promised place that he had covenanted to bring them into. And yet they dug their heels in hard. God was taking them through the wilderness, but the word that they heard did not profit them. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. They weren't willing to walk it. They weren't willing to do it. They heard it, but they chose to rebel against it. They chose to, to treat it as unimportant. And they, they placed it at a very low level. And many of them died. And it was only the next generation, a new generation, that went into that promised land. It's a sad story. And it's, it was a sad consequence of their choices that they didn't need to take. They didn't need to take that route, but they chose to rebel against God. And the consequences of the choices that they made resulted in them never entering into the promised land. God doesn't want any of us to get cornered by a crisis. God doesn't want any of us to sink under the, the stress of a trial. It's hard. It's difficult. Yes, it can be dark. And yes, you know, we can feel really frail and vulnerable. Of course, 
trials test all of those aspects of our character. But you know, God stands with us. Jesus stands with us to give us wisdom through every, every difficulty that we face. The children of Israel could have accessed God's wisdom. They could have accessed, if they'd have mixed that word that they heard with faith, it would have been power in them to take them forward into the future that God had for them. They could have accessed God's wisdom to apply God's word to every situation that was before them, to see the things that were around them from God's perspective. And then they could have responded accordingly in God's way and brought resolution to every situation and entered into the land that God had for them, but they didn't. Wisdom. Wisdom is the capacity to see things from God's perspective. Do you know God will give us his wisdom and when we receive his wisdom in all of its abundance, trouble won't look like trouble anymore. The problems that we have will look like opportunities redressed to enrich us, redressed to benefit and bless our lives and our characters and make us stronger. God's wisdom is the capacity or gives us the capacity to see things from God's perspective and to respond accordingly to how he would have us respond in all situations. This is the wisdom that God wants to give us. You know, the secret to move through seasons well in our lives, and life is full of many varied seasons. The secret to moving through those seasons well in our lives is found in wisdom. The difference between success and failure is in wisdom. Having great friends and relationships and building our homes into all that they should be requires wisdom. You can access it. I can access it. We should access it. And the bridge to accessing it is not rigors of discipline. It's simply asking and receiving. The difference between poverty and prosperity internally comes from wisdom and its application and administration in our lives. The difference between how our present and our future works out is found in the riches and the resources of wisdom. And this is what we have available at our disposal. Wisdom is what we need. And wisdom is what God is willing to give. Wisdom works. Wisdom is going to work for your life and for my life. It really is. And that's the wonderful word of God. The promise that God has for each and every one of us. You know, David in Psalm 119 verse 9 says this. How can a young man cleanse his way? It's a question that David proposes. How can a young man cleanse his way? And then suddenly he gives the answer. 
And he says, by taking heed according to your word. That's how a young man can cleanse his way. Now, David wasn't just talking about young men. He was talking about everybody. And that word way is where we get our word rut from. How can a young man, how can anybody remove their life from the ruts of life? How can we get out of the rut, David was saying? How can we, how can we just get out of this, this, this predictable track of life that we seem to be on that we can't get free from? And he says... We can get out of, out of the ruts of life by heeding your word. By taking heed to your word. By hearing the instruction that you give. But not only hearing the instruction, obeying that instruction. Taking heed to God's word will get us out of the ruts of life. Will get us out of the monotony. Out of the tracks of life that seem so predictable and routine. Jesus in John chapter 15 verse 3 said this, you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Oh, the power of God's word, the power of that word that Jesus speaks to us cleanses our lives emotionally, spiritually. It's powerful and it can take us out of those ruts. It can take us off that treadmill. It can take us off that, that hamster wheel of routine that we feel imprisoned by and it can cleanse our experience and it can set us free. We've just got to apply it. We've just got to ask for it. We've just got to have wisdom to implement it. And then life Life will work in the way that God has planned it to work. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to verse 13. And he's emphasizing the importance of asking. Listen to what Jesus says. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Or if, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, Jesus says. Is it that simple, Jesus? Ask. I mean, really, the complexity of the problems of life that I face, that I've undergone, is it really that simple? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But you've got to ask with a believing heart. And he uses that amazing parallel. Listen, if you know how to give good gifts to your children when they ask you, don't you think your Father in heaven is going to respond in a greater way if we ask of him, he'll give us his spirit. And his spirit is wisdom. 
His Spirit is the Word of God, the carrier of the Word of God to us, and the guide, and the leader, and the comforter, and the one that comes alongside to help us fulfill it. Ask, Jesus says. Do you know, we had a a great testimony recently in Jesus Cares, and uh, Claire, who heads up uh, our office at Jesus Cares, was one day just looking at the stock that was coming in. And she really felt, you know, that we needed some milk in Jesus Cares. We hadn't had milk for a number of months, and it just came on her heart. Man, we need some milk in Jesus Cares. So on this one particular day, she decided to ask. That's what the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. She just simply prayed a prayer. Lord Jesus, we need milk in Jesus cares. Please give us some milk. Do you know the next day, the next day, two pallets of milk came in. Two pallets, that's, I think a pallet is half a ton each. So a ton of milk a ton of milk or a ton and a half of milk came into Jesus' care so that we could put them in the hampers that we are providing. We've seen that through the years so many times. When we, when we see a need, we just simply ask. When we, you know, we, we see that, that, that the hampers are a bit low in certain supplies, we simply ask. And God gives, God provides. A few weeks ago, or maybe a week or two ago, we received another four pallets of milk. Why? Because somebody asked. Because somebody saw that we needed milk and said, you know what? God's word invites me to ask and I am going to ask. Is it that simple? Yes, it is that simple. Now that doesn't mean to say, you know, we can wave a magic wand and ask God for a red Lamborghini. Although I wouldn't mind a red Lamborghini. You know, listen, you know, we, we have to honor and reverence God and not use his word in a way that is dishonoring. But you know what? When we ask according to his will, when we ask according to, to his word and we want to bless others with the provision that he, he gives, I tell you, the answer comes speedily. The answer comes speedily. I knew that you would be encouraged by that. We really, really were so encouraged by, by that. Ask, ask, ask. Jesus says it. James says it over and over again. Men and women of faith saw incredible things as they simply asked God to provide for them in the needs that they had. You know, sometimes I think we don't ask because the simplicity of the request doesn't seem to match the complexity of the problem. The simplicity of the request, ask, doesn't seem to match, or we don't think it matches, the complexity of our problems. Let me give you a simple illustration. You know, one day Jesus asked if he could use Peter's boat, and Peter just set off from shore a little bit, allowed Jesus to get into the boat, and Jesus ministered to multitudes of people. It would have been really difficult for Jesus 
They were by the, the shore, but it would have been really difficult for Jesus to minister to the masses of people that were there on the shoreline that day if he hadn't have had access to Peter's boat. And, you know, maybe Jesus said to Peter after the crowds dispersed, Hey, Peter, listen, I'm really grateful, man, that you let me use your boat today. And listen, why don't we just launch out into the deep? And uh, you can throw your net over the other side and we'll catch some fish. Simple request. But the simplicity of the request caused a crisis in Peter because it didn't match the complexity of his problem. Lord, we fished all night and caught nothing. What's that? That's a complex problem that Peter brings up in the face of a simple request. We fished all night. These waters are empty. There's no fish in them. But then Peter suddenly realizes who's asking. And he accesses the wisdom of God. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Jesus said, let down the nets. Peter said, I will let down the net. He limited it, but that was okay. He threw the net down. You know the story. And the net was breaking under the weight of God's blessing, under the weight of uh, resource and abundance that wisdom had provided. So much so that the boat started to sink and Peter had to signal to his friends to come and help him with the catch of fish that wisdom, God's word in Christ had provided. It's a perfect picture. Do you know, when we ask, when we, when we submit to God's way, when we do what God has told us to do, the blessings and the results and the fruit that come as a result of God's wisdom, his word applied, are wonderful. And God does not want us to be in lack. That must have been a great lesson that day for Peter. It must have been a great testimony that he went away with in life knowing that, you know, his own efforts had produced nothing. They'd struggled and toiled all night. And yet when they had done it God's way, when they had listened to God's word in Christ, God's word incarnate in Christ, in the person of Jesus, oh, how he turned that dark night around. Oh, how he turned that trial and that lack around. You know, maybe you're struggling to believe that God can bless you in your work. Maybe things have become difficult for you. Maybe you're struggling to believe that God can get you through this crisis that's happening around us. And it's putting pressure on businesses, very real pressures. It's putting pressures on our finances. And there's lots of people concerned and worried about the future. And that's understandable. But you know, as a believer, as a child of God, we have access. We have access to God's word. We have access to God's wisdom. We just have to ask. We just have to ask. I believe it's in James chapter 4 where James says this. 
you have not because you ask not. I think we've got to start asking. I think we've got to start expecting. I think we've got to start being a little bit more confident in our expectation to receive from God, to access his wisdom, to apply his word for our lives. Today, you may be struggling in your body, in your health, and it may have been a prolonged trial, a prolonged trial. But you know what? It hasn't worn down your faith. It hasn't worn down your patience. It hasn't worn down your resolve to follow Jesus in amidst your ill health. Even though this trial, I know for some of our congregation, they've been struggling with their health now for years. And their faith is strong. Their patience is resilient even in the pressures that are on their body. And sometimes I know that there are people in pain within our King's Church family. But your resilience in this test on your body is, is still strong. And you're standing up under it. Listen, let's believe that you're going to access God's wisdom for a way forward. Let's believe that this wonderful patience that you have in yourself where you've been standing up even in the midst of health issues. Let's believe that it's going to leave you complete, lacking nothing, that you're going to come through this trial in your health, fully healthy and completely whole. Let's believe that. Let's believe that together today. Well, do you know, I've got so many other things to say about this. And maybe next week we'll pick up some more on this theme of the blessing of God's wisdom in our lives. But I'm going to pray right now. And um, listen, keep encouraging yourself in the word of God. Keep asking. Keep asking for God's wisdom whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your family, whether it's for raising your children, whether it's for your workplace and the situations that are around you, whether it's for your business, whether it's for the future because it seems so uncertain, keep asking. I'm telling you, God has got an elevated position over our circumstances, an elevated position from which he sees all of the crises that we face. There is a way through, and the way through is God's wisdom for our lives. I'm going to pray right now, and we're going to ask for God's wisdom. And we are going to believe right now that whatever we need in the area of wisdom, we are going to receive. And then we just got to follow it, obey it, and do it and see the blessing, the blessing that occurs when the word of God is walked out in our life, lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your people today. Lord, I thank you 
for your word, your instruction, your direction for our lives. It is simple. If, if it was difficult, none of us would be able to follow it. I mean, if, if we had to, you know, follow all of these rules and all of these steps and apply all of these different principles, my goodness, we'd be confused. But Lord, the simplicity of your word is to ask with a believing heart, to receive wisdom, to access wisdom, to apply your word to our lives, to see the blessings and the fruit therein. Father, I pray for your people that as we ask for wisdom, and the needs are many, the needs of our life are varied. They're all different. But I thank you that there's a word for every need. There's, there's a miracle for every situation that we face. Lord, as we ask for all of the various needs that we have, I pray that your wisdom would flow abundantly and it would provide for all of the needs that we have. In Jesus' name, I ask it for your glory. Amen. Well, church, it's been a blessing this morning to minister to you again God's Word. Listen, we love you so much. We are missing being together. We really are. But let's really trust that, that um, you know, we'll be able to get back to some kind of normality in the months to come. We're already trying to make preparations for kind of a soft start um, for when we're going to meet. But, you know, it's, it's going to be quite complicated. So please pray for us. We are going to need to access God's wisdom in the days to come. We're missing each other. Of course we are. But let's keep our, our hearts strong and our faith in God's Word. God bless you. Have a great week. And listen, keep reading God's Word. God bless. Music